Welcome to Life Church Birmingham. We are glad you have listened today. We know God has a plan and purpose for your life and want to help you be successful in Jesus Christ. We know you will receive a message of hope and encouragement. So I have the honor and privilege today of sharing a word that I feel like the Lord has been putting on my heart for the last few weeks. And honestly, I could preach this message like for, for months probably. This is a message there's just so much to. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm just going to give you a snippet of what the Lord has just been speaking to me about and encouraging me and things that I've just been diving into his word. And I hope at the end of today that you will have a desire to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into God's word. Deeper and deeper and deeper into his word to learn more and more about who he is and what he's been doing and what he's doing today and what he's going to continue to do in the future. So the title for my message today, if you're taking notes, which I hope that you are, is New Year, Same God. New Year, Same God. You'll notice the songs we sang this morning kind of revolved around that theme that God is the same the same God. He's the same God. The, the, the last song that we sang just talked about, you know, how he showed up for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he was a God who, who was the same through generations. And he keeps his covenant. He's a God who keeps his covenant. And, and he's, he's the same God who's the God of Moses, who led the, the children of Israel out of captivity, out of slavery, into freedom. And he's the same God of Mary, who showed up to this, to this lowly servant, this, this lowly teenage girl who found favor in the eyes of the Lord and, and, and he did powerful things in her and through her. And he's the same God who, who was the God of David, this, this, this young man who was the runt of the litter, this, this young boy who had been overlooked and outcast and left to take care of the sheep that God was faithful to meet with him and, and that David was faithful to get to know God as he, as he spent time alone with God and God showed him who he was and, and to the point that he, was, he would not bow down or cower before the giant Goliath knowing who God was, that he was the same God who was with him in the field, the same God who was with him with the sheep, the same God who was with him with the bear and the lion and he knew that he would be the same God who was there with him as he faced Goliath. Hebrews 13.8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now we can be encouraged in this scripture knowing that God is who he was and who he is and who he always will be. He's not like us. He doesn't go through a midlife crisis. He doesn't go through phases or stages in his, in his life. He doesn't go through... Uh, like a hip-hop stage or a goth stage or a country music stage. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know about you, but whenever I was in school, there were different things that I was into during different times of my life. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was in middle school, I thought, you know what, it would be really cool to be a rodeo cowboy, a professional. And so me and some of my neighborhood friends, we got together, and we'd, uh, we'd do some rodeo stuff in the neighborhood. You know, we had horses, and some of my friends had cows and pigs and, and all those kind of things. So we would ride our horses, and we would rope stuff. And, and so, so then we got the idea that we were going to practice bull riding. And so I said, I, all right, I, I got an idea. I saw, I saw some guys practicing bull riding one time, and they took this big barrel, like a 55-gallon drum, and they put some holes in it and ran some rope through it and hung it up between two trees and then just started snatching those ropes and that barrel would buck up and down, kind of like a bull. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So we got, us, we got us a barrel, we got us some ropes, we got us some trees. We set it up, we stapled a rug onto there to give it that realistic bull hair feel. And so uh, we started practicing bull riding in my backyard. And so one day some of my friends, they had, they had some cows at their house and they said, hey, let's get together and let's build us an arena. Let's build us a place where we can go and, and our, all the neighborhood guys can get together and we can ride my cows. Sounds like a good idea to me. I'm going to be a rodeo cowboy. 
so we got together and we built a little chute system where the cows could come in and we could get on them and let them out and go riding out into the field. So we did that a couple of times and then one day one of my friends said, hey, you know, there's a county rodeo coming to town. And I said, that sounds like fun. I'd like to go ride a bull in a county rodeo. So we got all of us guys from the neighborhood, we got together and we went to this county rodeo and they had a, they had a division for the young guys like us, little middle school guys. So they had the little young, little young cows that were, you know, they were probably a couple hundred pounds, right? You know, the, the smaller ones. And so my friends, they got in, they got all the little ones lined up and my friends signed up, our parents had to sign a waiver, you know. And so we did that, and they got all the little cows in the chute, and my, my friends, they got on, they rode the little cows. Well, then they put this big Brahma bull in the, in the chute, and this was like a full-size full size Brahma bull. You know, it's got the big hump on their back. And, uh, and so all the, little, all the little bulls were gone, and I was still left. I said, well, I, I ain't scared of no big old bull. I'll get on there. I'll ride that one. All my friends will know that I'm the baddest cowboy in the neighborhood then. So I decided I was going to get on that bull. So I put on my, I put on my spurs. I, put on, I got on. I got the vest. You know, they had these vests to make sure if the cow's horns hit you, you know, they didn't kill you and that kind of stuff. So we put on the protective gear. The most important part, though, cowboy hat. Protects your head, right? So anyway, I got on the bull, and I, I was getting strapped in, and my mom, she's sitting in the bleachers across the thing. She's like, what's going on? That, that bull's too big. He, he shouldn't be getting on that, on that bull. And all of a sudden, my mom stands up. She's like, you're in the wrong chute. You're in the wrong chute. And she comes running. I'm like, let's go, boys. And they let me go, and I start riding. About one second into it, I go flying off and hit the ground this this bull comes down and his hooves scrape me across the head, and uh, I was all dirty, and I, it, it was glorious. And so I get home that night and take a shower and get out. My mom's like, what happened to your head? I was like, I, I don't know. I guess his hoof must have come down and scraped me whenever, whenever, I, whenever I fell off. And she's like, you better promise me you're never going to do anything like that again. And so I did, and... Instead, I just helped the other guys in the neighborhood. And I, you know, I still continue to do fun stuff with, with, with horses and roping and stuff like that. But the reason I tell you that story today is I'm not a rodeo cowboy. That was just a phase in my life, right? That was just something that I was into back when I was in middle school. But the good news is, is God doesn't go through phases like that. He doesn't go through phases like that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So my first point this morning is that God stays the same. God stays the same. And honestly, we could stay here on this point all day, all month, maybe even all year, and just talking about all of the things of how God is the same as he was from the beginning of time, and he will still be the same throughout all of eternity. And the reason that God stays the same is that he never started. He never started to do something. He never started to be God. He always was God. He was never created. He never had a time where something just occurred to him. But God always has been and he always will be. John, John 1 reminds us how Jesus fits into this equation of, uh, of always was and always will be. And he says it like this, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then uh, jumping down to verse 14, it said the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one 
has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. See, God has always been and he always will be. And we just celebrated Jesus' birth, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was also at the beginning with God because he is God. He was God. He will be God. And he was the one who came to show us God's glory on earth made flesh. He's poured out one blessing after another. And so if we were to take and peel back and look into the Old Testament, out of all the times that Jesus revealed himself in the Old Testament, that God revealed through who Jesus was, even through the Old Testament, we could spend the whole day just talking about that. We could spend the whole day talking about all the the Christophanies, the times where, where, where Jesus showed up, or the foreshadowing, the things where God used people and situations to, to show who Jesus would be or the, the types of Christ that were, that were shown through the Old Testament. I have, a, I have a picture to show you. There's about 200 references in the New Testament that reference back to the Old Testament. Can you put that picture up on the screen for us? So this is, this is a kind of a, a, a pictograph of Old Testament references that we find in the New Testament through Jesus, through the apostles, through the disciples who are following Jesus. These, all these, these Old Testament references that we find that make their way throughout the New Testament. Because what happens is as we read the Bible, we, we realize that the same God who was the God of the Old Testament is the same God who we find in the New Testament And it's the same God that we experience today. And it's the same God that if the world doesn't end and God doesn't come back and rapture us home, that our children and our grandchildren will experience. It's the same God. We see that that the the, the storyline of the Bible, the narrative that weaves over and over again, is this. God loves us. He created us to have a relationship with Him. He created us to know Him. He created us to walk with Him. He created us to rule and reign in the garden with Him. But what happens? We rebel against His rules. We rebel against His structure. We rebel against His plan. We rebel against His authority, against His Godhead, because we want to take that for ourselves. And we see that even in the beginning in the garden, right? Adam and Eve, they rebelled against God and they wanted to be like God themselves. They wanted to make their own rules. And so they rebelled against God and they sinned against God. And what happens when we sin against God? It separates us from Him. It separates us from His presence. It separates us from the calling that God put on our life. It separates us from the purpose and plan that God had for us. But... God makes a way of redemption. God sends a redeemer to redeem his people back to him. And we see that over and over and over again, all throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, into the New Testament, and now we see it still repeating itself today because we know that history often repeats itself, right? And we see that. We see Adam and Eve, then we see their son, And then we see their sons and their sons and their sons, so on and so on and so on, all in that same cycle, right? The cycle of rebelling against God and God redeeming them back to himself. We see see people like Noah building an ark of safety. If people will only turn from their wickedness, and come into the ark, they can be saved, right? We see that picture of Jesus, right? So if people will only turn away from their wickedness and run to Jesus, that they can be saved. We see, we see the stories like Abraham where he, he, makes this, he makes this covenant with God and that through him, through his offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. 
And we open up the book of Matthew and we see this, this history, this genealogy to where the ancestry of Abraham arrives at Jesus that through whom all the nations of the earth will be blessed. We see Abraham as he's, as he's taking Isaac up to the mountain and God showing up and providing a sacrifice for him. Providing a sacrifice for him. And we see Jesus becoming that sacrifice for each and every one of us. And we see Israel. And we see Joseph. And we see all of these, all of these forefathers of, of the faith who experience who God is showing us a picture to look forward to even today. We see Joseph who was despised by even his own family member and he arose to the right hand of power in Egypt and he blessed all the families of the earth at that time during the time of great famine. Then we see Moses. We see Moses who was rescued in Egypt from a genocide. All the babies, all the little babies being, being murdered. We see, we see Moses who, who comes and he brings God's word to the people. And he tells them, he says, it, listen, if you will just take the blood of the lamb and apply it to your household, everyone who is saved. And then we see Moses leading those people out to the Red Sea and God providing a way through the water, a way of escape from captivity, from slavery. We see that Jesus is our way of escape from captivity, from slavery to sin. We see Moses going up on the mountain to deliver the law of God. He receives the law of God and delivers that to the people. And then we see Jesus going up to the mountain to deliver this, this, this great message, the Sermon on the Mount, that clarifies the letter and the, and the spirit of God's law for us, of how we should live. And we see people again in the wilderness, wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. And they begin to rebel against God time after time after time. And then we see people who are, who are suffering the consequences of their rebellion. They're being bitten by these snakes in the, in the wilderness. You guys read these stories? Are you guys familiar with, with the story? The, 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 the people of, of Israel, they're, they're led out of Egypt, out of slavery. They get set free, and then what do they do? They, they, they rebel again, rebel again, rebel again, and find, their, find themselves being bitten by snakes. And so then Moses, he takes, this, he takes this snake, and he lifts it up on the pole, and he said, all of those who will come and, and look upon this pole will be saved. Just as Jesus was raised up on a wooden pole, on a wooden cross for us, that if we will come to him, that we will be saved. And then later we see Joshua lead the people into, into the promised land. But before they get to the promised land, they come to this city called Jericho. And they meet this, they meet, they meet this woman there who is a prostitute named Rahab. And they told her that anyone who wants to be saved, if they, if they just come to your house, if they just come into your house, whenever the Lord delivers us a victory, he will save them. And so anyone who would believe, anyone who would believe and come into her household would be saved. We see Jesus doing the same thing, making the same offer. Anyone who will just believe in me, if you just believe in my words, if you believe that I am the Son of God and that God has rose him from the dead, you can believe and be saved. And then we see Ruth and Naomi as they come back from the land of Moab, as they come back into Bethlehem, and they're... they're without all the things that they need. They've been left stranded. They've been left as a widow. 
in a foreign land. And they come back and we see this man named Boaz who comes in and he redeems their land, he redeems their family, he redeems them back to be part of their family. And we see that Jesus has come to this earth to redeem us back when we are foreigners from God, that he has come to redeem us back to be part of his family. See, there's so many stories like this over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament. And I really encourage you to dig into God's Word. Dig into His Word and see who God has always been. We see many times in the Old Testament people encounter God in different ways and they declare these different names of God. I looked at at a few times that the Lord spoke to people and, and told them who he was. In Exodus 15, 26, God says that I am the God who heals you. God is the God who heals us. He is the healer. I know we were just singing about this earlier. He said that I am, I am. He's the great I am. He's, he said that he is the Lord, our God. He's the God of the ancestors of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He is the Lord who is holy. He is El Shaddai. He is the Lord that delivers us. John 5.39 Jesus said, You study scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. He said, these are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and to have life. Jesus says that if we will study his scripture, if we will study his word, we look through the Old Testament, we look through the law, that we will see who he is, even through the Old Testament, that he is the same God. Jeremiah 31, 31. In the Old Testament, this prophet Jeremiah saying, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. Those days have come. Those, that, that, those days were prophesied in the Old Testament about Jesus as he would come to, to, to make a new covenant with us that we could be part of his family, that we could be part of his royal priesthood. So a few weeks ago, I was, I was meeting with some friends, and we were talking about things that we were learning. And one of my friends, uh, he's, uh, he's studying for his doctorate degree right now, and uh, he, he introduced me to this, this thing called a DPU. And a DPU is basically an amount of time where if one person were able to time travel into the future, how far would they have to go for society to have changed so much that basically they couldn't, they couldn't adapt to it? They would have a heart attack and die. And so I was thinking about, imagine somebody from the Stone Age where they, they, they had tools that were made of stone Wheels made of stone. Imagine somebody from the Stone Age time traveling to today. Imagine the, the vast uh, shock that they would receive coming into a time like ours. Or, or even imagine just from the Bronze Age traveling to today. Or traveling to the Industrial Revolution even. See, Things throughout history and throughout time, they change. And as technology and innovation progresses, that those changes happen more rapidly. Matter of fact, probably the grandparents in the room, you have experienced a good amount of change in your lifetime. So kids who were born... Ten years ago, 
have experienced a whole lot of change in their short little period of time. Because technology and revolutions happen so fast today. You look at computers and you look at uh, smartphones and you look at all these types of things and how quickly those things change, how quickly uh, that those things, some things can become obsolete. But you know what always stays the same? What never changes is the Lord. The second thing that I want to, to talk about this morning is that He makes us new. He never changes, but He does make us new. He does change us if we will come to Him and ask Him to change us, if we'll allow Him to make changes in us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it like this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. And so, because God stays the same, because He never changes, He is the standard by which we can be changed. He is the only way that we can be changed. And so, Jesus meets with a man who is a Pharisee in John chapter 3. And you can go back and read this story later if you want. We won't read through the whole story, but... Um, in John chapter 3, Jesus meets with a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus. And probably many of you have heard this story before. This, this man is he's a Pharisee. He's a member of the, the Jewish ruling people. So, you know, at this point, Rome has come in and taken over most of the world, right? Most of the known world. And so Rome is ruling over Israel. But they have different... Uh, they have different political leaders in place, and they've allowed some religious leaders to stay in place. And so here, Nicodemus is one of those Jewish religious leaders who's still in place in the area. So he comes and he talks to Jesus at night. He, he has this meeting with Jesus. Jesus has been gaining popularity as he goes around and he talks to people. He shares the good news as he heals the sick and raises the dead and, and, and changes people's lives. Nicodemus comes and has a talk with him. And he asks, he asks, tell me, tell me about, tell me about where you're from. Tell me about where are you getting this message that you're preaching. Tell me about where are you getting this power to do these miracles, to, to heal the sick, to perform these signs and wonders. And Jesus said that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they be born again. And they can't be just, just born of their mother, but they have to be born of God's Spirit. They have to be born of the Spirit. And so he, he has this conversation with Nicodemus, and he goes on to continue sharing this message until he is crucified for this message, that he comes from heaven and he has come to take away the sin of the world and that people can be changed, and people can be born again if they will follow him, if they'll believe in him, if they'll run to him, if they'll see him lifted up on the cross, that they can be changed, that they can be made new, because he is never changing, because he is the stable, eternal, <clears throat> eternal foundation. He is the rock that we can build our life upon. That when the winds may and when the storms may grow, and when all of those things come against us, He is the solid, firm foundation that is never changing. And because He is unchanging, and because He stays the same, it requires us to bow our flesh to Him. It requires us to be changed by Him and through Him. And so, I have a little uh, funny childlike illustration, if it'll work. I can get it to come together. I have this little horse here. I know, it's, it's a funny little horse. But this funny little horse is made of Play-Doh. 
And so it reminds me that if this funny little horse were to run into an unchanging object, what would happen to the funny little horse? It would be changed forever. And so if you've ever played with Play-Doh or, or clay, you know that if you make a mistake, you can change it and start over, right? And so because God is the unchanging, firm foundation, that if we will allow him to change us, that we can be changed completely into something new. He can make us back into his image, so we don't have to be a funny-looking little horse. But we can be made new in his image. We can be made into who he has created us to be. And so Acts 2.42 gives us a picture of what people do who are being changed by God, who are being made into his image, who are being reshaped and reformed. And Acts 2.42 says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and, and to prayer. In other words, they devoted themselves to the word of God because it's God's word that changes them from the inside and out. They devoted themselves to spending time with other believers so that they could be sharpened, so that they could be retooled into what God was making them to be. They devoted themselves to spending time praying together. They devoted themselves to prayer, both personally and corporately. They devoted themselves to helping one another, to serving one another, to giving generously. They devoted themselves to eating together. I know. It's the holidays, and a lot of times when I talk to you, I talk about eating. Because it's from the Word of God. Eating together with one another. And so there's, there's something special about being around people that, that you love, being around people who love God, because the conversations that come up sometimes are just goofy and, and out there, right? And there's good for that. The Bible says that laughter does good like a medicine. So sometimes those moments you're sitting together and you're, you're having these conversations, you can talk about the goodness of God. Sometimes you're reminded of things that you have forgotten about. Somebody brings up a story from, from, from a time in the past and you're reminded of things that you have forgotten about. It's good for us to do these things. So when we're being shaped into God's image, we need to spend time studying his word, spend time fellowshipping with others. So we don't miss times like this together, like when we're in church, but we also don't miss the times where, where we just hang out with one another in the body. Like, this is not the only time that we have to see each other, right? Sunday mornings is not the only time that we should be seeing each other. We should spend time fellowshipping with one another. I know everybody don't have a house big enough for everybody to come over at the same time, right? But we can have a few people over for now and then. And I also know that some people need a minute to recharge in between the times that people are over at their house. Like Some people, like me, just like to be around people most of the time. But other people sometimes need just a little bit more time in between the times where everybody is together. I know that. God knows that. He created us with different abilities, with different giftings, with different personalities. And so God uses those things to work together to build the body. We've got to spend time praying. If you're not, if you're not having a personal time of prayer where you're spending time just talking to God, spending time listening to God, reflecting on what God is saying to you, maybe writing it down in a journal or writing it down on notes on your phone, whatever. I want to encourage you, as we move into the new year, we're, we're going to be having our, our normal 21 days of prayer and fasting starting in January. Pastor Tim will announce uh, a little bit more details about that, but just know that we're going to be doing those things together as we, as we move into the new year. We need to spend time serving one another. I know we just celebrated a great outreach where we served this community. 
where we gave away almost six tons of food to the community, people who were in need, and we did it in like an hour. Like, that's how we know how much need is in this community. So we were able to give away six, about six tons of food in about an hour. So it's, it's just showing that the, the community needs us and needs people who are serving the Lord to serve one another, to be people who, are, who will give generously, to be people who will share the gospel. So the last point this morning that I want to talk about is that we must keep him lifted up. We must keep him lifted up. John 12, 32, Jesus said this, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. So we need to keep Jesus lifted up in front of our neighbors in front of our co-workers, in front of our friends, in front of our family. We need to keep him lifted up so that others will know. The world is searching for something that is true, something that is steadfast, something that is unchanging. We see so many crazy things happening in the world around us because people are searching for what is their truth, what is their reality. And what they're really looking for is what is the truth and what is, what is unchanging. What is a firm foundation that they can find their reality and that they can find their uh, they can find who they are, their identity, and that can only be found in Christ, the firm foundation. Now I have something that's kind of fun, a little little picture game, a little picture game illustration to remind you of thing of what happens when when um, when things don't continue to be brought up in front of. And so I've got some pictures that I want to show you and uh, want to see, uh, just have you raise your hand if you know what these things are. All right? So let's go ahead and put the first one up. There we go. Does anybody remember what this is? Does anybody know what this is? Yeah, so this is surge. This was like uh, Mountain Dew on crack. It was like a, a like, as a teenager, like, all the youth groups were using this in their games. I'm just saying, like, they would have the kid drink this and then try to make him sit still, and it just didn't work. All right, let's look at the next one. Anybody know what this is? Anybody still have one of these? This is actually an answering machine. I know it looks like a like a reel-to-reel. This one particularly is an answering machine. Raise your hand if you still have, like, an answering machine that uses a tape. Does anybody have an answer machine that uses a tape? Okay, all right. All right, let's look at the next one. That's right, you guys know who that is? Anybody, anybody know who that is? <laughs> this is Ricky Martin, in case you forgot. Ricky Martin, I know uh, he hasn't been talked about a lot lately, so there, there it is just to remind you, Ricky Martin. All right, let's see the next one. All right, anybody still have a machine that uses these? Anybody, anybody still have a computer that takes a floppy disk? All right, floppy disk. Yeah. Even the, even their, uh, the thing that, that came after them, CDs, are kind of, uh, kind of gone by the wayside too, right? All right, let's see the next one. Uh, you guys remember those things? Okay, raise your hand if you wore those. If you wore those. Okay, so... These are kind of a bell-bottom pants, but specifically, this is the Jinko jean brand uh, jeans that were very popular uh, a long time ago. All right? They'll probably come back again, too, by the way. All right? You guys know what that is? Of course, it says it on there. It's the Viewmaster. Viewmaster. Anybody still have one? I know they probably still even make those, uh, a, a, new, a new version of the retro. Okay? Let's see the next one. Oh, you know what that is? The car phone. That's right, the car phone. Man, those, I don't know, does anybody have a car that still has one of those? All right, and related to the car phone, let's see the next one. The bag phone. Does anybody have a bag phone? I knew somebody who had one of those one time. All right, let's see the next one. Oh, y'all know what that is? 
the original Nordic track. The original Nordic track. Yeah. Exercise. All right, let's see the next one. Oh, does anybody have one? Have a player for that? Anybody still have a player? The eight-track player. All right, eight tracks. All right. How about the next one? Ah, uh, you guys know this guy, Billy Mays. That's right. He was the infomercial like salesman guy. He had uh, several different products that he could sell you. Speaking of products he could sell you, let's see the next one. You guys know about that one? That's right. Great looking hair in a can. Great looking hair in a can. You spray it on your, your bald spots. I know I could use a little bit right there. A little good looking hair in a can. All right. How about that? You guys know what that is? The Thigh Master. Thigh Master. All right. And the last one. This, this was very popular for, uh, for movie rental stations. The VHS tape rewinder. Made specifically just to rewind your tape. <laughs> yes. All right. So all of these products have kind of gone by the wayside, right? They, they didn't get uh, continued to, they didn't be continually used. They didn't uh, continually be brought up in front of people. So people, some people may have forgotten about them. Some generations may not even know about those things at all. And the reason I did the, the funny kind of retro thing is to remind us that we need to keep lifting the Lord up in front of people. We need our generations to continue to know who He is, to continue to know that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We must keep Him lifted up. We need to lift Him up in our deeds, but also we need to lift them up in our words. There's a popular quote that says, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. And this is, this quote, it sounds, it sounds good, you know, it sounds great. It's true that Jesus tells us to care for others, to care for the, the poor, the orphans, the widows. But Jesus is also clear that when it comes to to sharing the gospel, that it, that it must be preached, that it must be shared with our words and our deeds. You know, when Jesus was rebuking people, most of the time he was rebuking people who were hypocrites, who were people who claimed to be religious, who claimed to know God, but their actions were not lining up with what they were preaching. It was that Greek word for hypocrite. See, they were, they were keeping strictly to the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law. They were someone who was trying to put on a show, someone who was trying to put on an act. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to go ahead and make their way to the front. See, Romans 10, 14 says, How can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one that they haven't heard of? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So yes, we have to live our life as Christians in front of people. We have to live our lives to show good deeds to the world around us. And it's good for us to serve the community and, and give away food. But God has not just called us to do good deeds, to do good works, to be good people. He's called us to preach the gospel, to share the good news of who He is. He's called us to do that with our words. But people need to see what someone who's following Jesus looks like as well. See, God created us in His image. Genesis 1.27, going back to the Old Testament again. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He has made us 
to be his image bearers. He has made us that as we walk around, as we walk, as we talk, as we live, as we interact with people around us, that we are bearing his image. We are showing the world who Jesus is. We are lifting him up in our, in our actions, in our life, and in our words. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying. And I know a lot of times we talk about the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, But this is the prayer that Jesus prays for himself, for his followers, and for those who are to come. And this is just a snippet of that. You can read through John chapter 17 and, and read that prayer there. It says, my prayer is not for them alone. And when he says them alone, he's talking about the disciples who are walking with him at the moment. So my prayer is not for them alone, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. I don't know about you, but that's me. And if you have believed in him through the message of the gospel, then that is you also. Jesus was praying for us. And he's praying for our kids. And he's praying for our neighbors. And he's praying for our co-workers. And he's praying for the people who, who, who we come in contact with. That, that, that they will believe in him through the message that we share. He's praying, he says, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me that they may be one as we are one. God is calling us to be his image, to be his mouthpiece, to, to share his message to the world around us. To those people that we like and to those people that really just get on our nerves and we don't want to be around. God's calling us to be his image to them, that we can be one with him to them so that they may believe in him. God is still the same as he was from the beginning of time and he will be for eternity. He never changes. He's always the firm foundation. He's always the solid rock for us to be built upon. He's all, always the one and the only one who can change us inside and out, who can make us new. He is the one who's calling us to lift him up before all the world, before all the nations, before all the neighborhoods, so that they may believe through the gospel that he has shared with us. Would you stand on your feet as we get ready to close and spend some time in prayer this morning? bow your, your heads and, and close your eyes just a moment. I know most of you, but maybe there are some people that I don't know. And I don't know what's going on in your life, and I don't know what, what you're experiencing. I don't know what your experience with God has been. Maybe there are some people in the room who, who you've walked with God in the past, and you, you've known who He is and, and what He's done for you in the past, but, but maybe you've given up on Him. Maybe you've walked away from him. Maybe you've allowed something to come in and to cloud your judgment. You've walked away from the Lord. Or maybe you're in the room and you grew up in a family that, that was anti-God, that was anti-church, that didn't believe in all of that stuff. Maybe you find yourself here this morning, not by accident, but because God wanted you to know that he loves you and he has a purpose and a plan for you that he created you to be in relationship with him. Maybe you've just been questioning who God is. You've been questioning, is he real? You've been questioning, can you trust him? Is he good? You've, been, you've just been questioning, and this morning, the Lord would say to you that he is 
here, that he is real, that he is good, and he is for you. And he wants you to be part of his family. He wants you to be in, in relationship with him. He wants you to know him. This morning, I want to take a moment, and let's just, can we just pray and ask God to help us to know him, to help us to trust him, to know that he is who he said he was, he is who he's always been and who he'll always be. So this morning, if you're in the room, you say, Pastor John, I haven't been following God. I haven't been living my life in relationship for one reason or another. Maybe you used to walk with him and you walked away from him. Maybe you grew up in a family that you just didn't believe in all of that kind of stuff. Or maybe you've just been questioning and doubting things. And this morning, you want to you make a commitment to know that you're going to build your life on the only true, firm, unchanging foundation that is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob through his son Jesus who died on the cross, was buried in the grave and rose again through the power of the Holy Spirit. Today you want to make a commitment to, to follow him and to put your faith and your trust in him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray with you all across the room. That's you. You say, today, Pastor John, I want to make a commitment. I see your hand. I see you. I see you. Let's pray and ask God to help us to trust him, to know him, and to follow him, that our lives are built on his foundation. God, we thank you today for all of us in this room. God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, that you are a good God, the only God who is true and unchanging, that we can build our lives on as a firm foundation that can change us from the inside and out, that you can take away the sins of the world, that you lead us out of captivity to sin and into the freedom of new life. God, that you said that when we believe in you, that the new creation has come and the old is gone. And today, some of us are saying for the first time that we want to be a new creation. God, some of us may be saying today we need to renew our creation, that we've, that we've allowed ourselves to wander off from your path. And today we want to be renewed, God, that we would be made a, a new creation again. God, we thank you that you're doing that for us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you for listening to the message today. We would love for you to stop by and see us. Our services start at 10 a.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights with various small groups throughout the week. Here at Life Church, we hope you have a great week.